It's sunny and 12 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9 o'clock. I'm Courtney Davidson. A man is in critical condition after being struck by a sea train at Canyon Meadows Station early this morning. According to officials, it happened around 3 a.m. Details are limited at this time, but Calgary Transit has said that trains on the red line are no longer behind schedule as the Canyon Meadows Station has reopened. More news in a moment, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. You will have to stay to the right. Your left lane is blocked by ambulance. Rose Canada is hiring for its new Rocky View distribution center. Meet them September 2nd, 8 to 8 at 111 Rose Road, Rocky View. You've got the talent, they've got the tools. From the 770CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Vanessa Arate. A vigil was held last night for a six-month-old child who was the victim of a homicide on the Stony Nakoda First Nation earlier this week. Officers found the infant dead inside a home on Wednesday as they responded to a welfare check. Family identified the victim Saturday as Tanea Hunter Kootenai. The RCMP's Major Crimes Unit has taken over the investigation. Although there is no suspect or vehicle descriptions as of yet, officials say there is no threat to the public. The University of Calgary's Student Union is speaking out over a change that is hitting students hard financially. The U of C allowed its instructors until August 20th to determine how they would deliver courses for the fall semester. Officials say 10% of course components were shifted online over the month of August as COVID-19 cases rose. The union says the shift was made too close to the start of the semester as many students have arranged to be near campus for in-person classes. In a statement, the UFC said it is committed to continuing to prioritize the health and safety of the community while working with all groups to address concerns that arise. It's day 15 of the federal election on the campaign trail today. Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole and the NDP's Jagmeet Singh are making stops in Quebec, while Liberal leader Justin Trudeau is in Cambridge, Ontario. Jim Ryan reports as New Orleans braces for the fury of Hurricane Ida. The wind has started to pick up and the rain is more consistent as the storm gets closer. But National Hurricane Center Director Ken Graham says this is only the start of it. Winds holding at 150 miles per hour, so extremely um, dangerous, devastating hurricane and a catastrophic event on tap. The streets of the city are virtually empty as thousands heeded the advice of local and state leaders and evacuated before the storm's arrival. Jim Ryan, ABC News, New Orleans. Taking a look at sports, in CFL action, Stampeders rookie quarterback Jake Mayer will make his second CFL start after replacing injured veteran Bove Levi Mitchell. Mitchell missed last week's win over the Alouettes after fracturing his fibula in the Stamps' season opener versus the Argos. The Stamps visit the Bombers today. Kickoff is 5 o'clock with our pregame show beginning at 3.30. In baseball, Toronto gets the start 
gets the rubber match against the Detroit Tigers. The Jays snapped a two-game skid with a 3-2 extra innings victory over Detroit yesterday. In the forecast, sunshine today reaching 25, clear skies this evening down to 9, and then a mix of sun and clouds and 24 tomorrow. It's 12 degrees at 9.04. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 9.30. I'm Courtney Davidson. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs and we are getting an extended summer here. Coming into the the last week in August and uh, heading into September. It's looking pretty good. Still lots of time to plant trees and shrubs. I know we get that asked, is it okay to still plant? Absolutely. It's actually a great time because the ground is nice and warm. The soil's warmed up. So when you put the roots in there, it, uh, it's much easier for it to, uh, to, to take and root in and, uh, and you'll get really good success. And you don't have the super, super hot summer days that you have to contend with when you're watering trees and, and trying to get them to survive when you first plant them. And honestly, that is the, the number one um, killer of trees is, is lack of water. And uh, especially when you first plant them, those tree watering bags are great. It just ensures that you're going to get the water down into the root system and slow trickle if you don't have one of those really important once or twice a week on a newly planted tree for a couple hours just get the water down nice and deep because see it so often where this the top couple inches gets watered and it's just not enough you got to get the water down nice and deep and you'll see a big big difference in your trees when you're doing that like i planted uh i don't know i've mentioned this a few times but uh, a weeping willow uh, prairie Cade as a 10-gallon, and uh, it's close to a 60 mil. It's over 12 feet high already and just thickened right up. But definitely, I, I always try to do the slow, deep water and whenever I plant trees, and we, we definitely try and push that when we're when we're dealing with our customers in at the store, trying to get them um, educated on the watering process. And and it's super important, especially going into fall and the lack of water we had. You don't want to waste water either. Either that's why I like the the slow trickle. Just gets down nice and deep. Had people asking about um, fall fertilizer and with our tree service. And what it is is once we get past like into September, our trees are all downloading. So the we try. We tell people it's no no fertilizing really. It's more in August, and when the tree's still uploading, and and you don't want to start a bunch of new growth. Once you get into September, you can do you can start fertilizing again. Once it cools off a little bit, I know the guys with our printed up are going to be starting up the fall fertilizer, the deep root injection, in the next uh, week or two. And they're going to be going hard, getting the food down into the root system. So that way it's there to help um, the tree just build up its nutrients going into wintertime. And then next spring it's there and it's ready to uh, to take off again like crazy. Um, just looking outside, so many good things happening. And if anybody has any great pictures they want to share or, or give me a shout and talk about, Phone lines are wide open. This is the phone and text. 
403-974-8255. I'm loving my hydrangeas right now, just the the limelights out there, and the quick fires have turned uh, a nice soft pink outside, and uh, Carl Forrester grasses are just looking great all over town. So if you're seeing those, it's uh, those are those are a great bulletproof plant <laughs> that uh, um, you, you can't go without in your yard, in my opinion, because it gives you that wintertime beautiful look. That uh, which we need because uh, unfortunately it's uh, eight months of the year when we don't have leaves. As you know, I mentioned last week I went to Vegas this past week for the gift show and uh, found some phenomenal nice new pots and some ne- nice things for next spring. And uh, so looking forward to that. Man, it was hot down there, 107 every day almost. So um, good thing we are in the air-conditioned uh, World Trade Center beautiful they're very organized down there people are great nice easy to get back and forth even with the covid stuff yes we had to go do the test and all that fun stuff but hey it is what it is for right now and you and you deal with it and uh, you do what you got to do fortunately we didn't get picked for the random covid test when you arrive home again um so so it's all good so anyways had a good Nice to get away, nice to get out and uh, and see it. Like I said, Vegas is not my selection where I'd go on vacation, but to go away for work, it's actually not bad. You get to have a little bit of fun, see some things going on. And and we found some good stuff for, for Spruce It Up for next spring. And even this late this fall, we already will have some orders coming in. And that's the challenge we're all we're all having with our with the inventory, we're all fighting the secan shortage and the rising prices and everything. So we're working hard to try to ensure that we, we got you covered in those kind of things. And uh, so far we've been very fortunate, like crazy. And it was, it was good. It was good. Um, got a few things, few questions people sending me. Um, morning. I used a weed removal gadget to get rid of dandelions. Do I do use your fertilizer. Now I have dozens of small holes in the grass causing the dog issues. What do I do? Well, you can just fill those in with loam. I would just get a little bit of your, or if you just want to get a bag of three in one mix or just the topsoil plus, just dump that into the, you can just cover that into the holes. I'm not too sure. That sounds like a pretty big, if it's removing great big holes, that's not good for, I, I would probably. Um, Because normally they just take out a little thing and then you just squish it back in and it's fine that way. So, okay, here's another. uh, We have two potted hydrangeas that were purchased at a big box store. Will they survive the winter in their planters or they need to be planted in the ground? Um, Depends what kind they are. Yes, they should be planted in the ground 100%. Um, In Calgary, it's tough for... um, trees and shrubs to survive just in pots because we get our really warm um, winters and our Chinooks and then those plants just desiccate. So it's best if you can stick it in the ground somewhere. Depends what kind it is. If it's one of those ones that was a bright pink when you bought or a blue or some of those that will not survive. But if it's a zone three variety, you should have no problem at all. So hopefully that helps and uh, go from there. 
And you should be, I'm getting a few people with bugs and, uh, and uh, a few questions, and I'm going to respond to those. You will see some aphids on your plants right now. Um, again, I would hose them off and do that. And uh, and then you can also use the pure spray green. And, and if you if you do have any of the f um, the fungus and uh, powdery mildew, just make sure we do a really good cleanup on all that as well. And uh, I had to do a bit of that, and I have to give a little jab to my kids because when we were away, they uh, were supposed to water my plants. That's all I really said is just make sure you water my planters out back. I've worked hard to get them looking good. I came back and the, the artichoke was <laughs> drooping down. My hangers were all dried out. So yesterday I had to do a bunch of dead ending, cleaning up, shaking. And actually they bounced back really quite well. Gave them a couple of shots of 20-20-20. And it's amazing when you water them and, uh, <laughs> and they come back. So my, my daughter, Jaden, it was funny. She goes, well, Dad, it rained. And they said, well, how often do we tell customers and, and people that rain's not enough when you have this big, thick planter that the rain cannot get through? And she just laughed. She, she knew that she was kind of caught because we, we tell the customers that all the time, that the rain is it's not enough. It doesn't get in the ground deep enough for weird things like that. So anyways, had, had a good little laugh. But anyways, they need to be deadheaded and all that anyway. So spent the day doing that. Which was which was kind of nice to do, relaxing. Great sunny day yesterday, so hopefully you all got out and got to enjoy that as well. Again, if you want to join me, phone lines are wide open four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on seven seventy CHQR. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Calgary's full-service year-round garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I will say the tropical house down at Spruce is looking phenomenal. It's uh, They're creating some great little, uh, little, little areas where you walk through there. You just feel like you can just – it's a good place to just get away and uh, – not worry about too much. You can just wander through there and enjoy the the tropical ambiance. It's the it's awesome. All right, I'm going to go to the phone lines. We got a full board. We're going to go to Carol. Good morning, Carol. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. How can I help you? Well, I know you can. So here's my dilemma. Early, so I have three beautiful hostas. One is lime okay. green, one is uh, a variegated uh, leaf, and the other is a beautiful dark green. That was at yep. the beginning of the summer. So what's happened now is, oh, and all three had beautiful tall stems with flowers. But now all three um, have some issues. Some of them, their leaves have yellowed. Some have leaves that are brown and curling up and splitting. And... And I don't know what to do, and I don't know why that's happened. Suggestion? Are they in? Are they getting a fair bit of sun? They only get sun for a very short time, first thing in the morning. They they are in a north facing location. It's not okay. dark, dark. It's not dark. Okay, no, that that sounds perfect for a hosta. And it it just it could be a couple of those climate chain days, like you know, like when we went really. 
um, that does affect some of the leaf on on some of that. Um, okay. Any of that? Did you get hit by any of the heavy rains or anything like that as well? Yes, because that will that will beat up the hosta leaf. They're pretty delicate, so it doesn't take a lot to affect them. Can you cut? And, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Just yeah. Absolutely. Cut off any of the really damaged leaves. I always do that, and. And even when I go through our tropical house on house plants or outdoor plants, when a leaf has turned brown and that, it's never going to come back. So you're, I'm, I always say it's better to remove it unless it's the absolute last one on the plant, then you leave it like on a house plant. But if you're always better to remove because then the plant's not wasting its energy trying to revive that damaged leaf. So I always remove or, or cut off any um leaves that aren't looking good or blooms that are almost just starting to be spent i probably pull mine off a little bit earlier than most but it just keeps pushing more and more that way i find so okay so now this is the first year i've ever had the hostas and um uh, i mean you always talk about deadheading but what do you do once the flowers the blooms on these long tall stems have died they don't it doesn't look very nice right no, you just cut them off. off. Just take the go follow down the stem. Yeah, because they're on a bit of a stick, right? They're on their own stem. Just yes. cut those off. Yeah. Are you saying? Are you Are you saying cut the whole stem off? Or yeah. Just... Well, yeah, the whole stem right down to the to the main oh, okay. part of the plant. Because typically, when the hosta blooms, it's a stick that sticks up. Yes. And I would just take it right down. Yes. Okay. Does it Absolutely. only flower? Does it only flower once a year? Then. Yeah, typically it goes through a blooming period, and you'll see a lot more next year. Like you'll see a bigger, probably nicer bloom. First year, it's spending its time, it's rooting in, and so a lot of its energy is going into roots as well. So next year, you'll see a lot nicer foliage, and it, it'll take off really good for you. Right now, just ensure that you're giving it some good, slow, deep watering, and uh, if you if you use Rage Plus, is great. Um, again, just building that root system up, and then next spring, um, you'll see definitely a big difference, and you should have some great looking hostas. Okay, that's perfect. Thanks so much for all your help. You're welcome, Carol. Take care. You too. Bye bye. All right, and I got time. I'm going to go to Rob. Good morning, Rob. Hello. Hi there. How can I help you? I have a problem with the squirrels. They seem to tear up everything. I planted, yep. I planted two of bulbs. They just tore them out. And I have poppies. They just take the the flowers, and they take the seeds. So I, I'm a kind of. Well, I also bought some new perennials because they're on sale to see what yep. they grow out like, and they just dug them all up. Yeah, no, there's a product called Bobex that you can use as well. Um, but squirrels are pretty tenacious as well. Um, we have them coming in going after our bird seed. So what we've done is we I got a couple of squirrel traps and not the one that there's sort of a live trap. And then we just take them and release them way back in the in the forest somewhere. And hopefully they're not bothering anybody way out there. So um, that's the the best way to deal with it but the bobex does work quite well and what when you put your new bulbs in the ground you just spray them with the with the bobex 
and uh, and that does work quite well. Um, you can use that really fine uh, squirrel wire, but it, you know it's hard when you have to start wiring up your whole yard. It's it's a bit of a pain in the butt, right? Yes, so, it would be. Yeah, um, like I said, the the Bobex works quite well. You spray it on sort of once a month, unless we get lots of heavy rain, and then you gotta reapply it at that point. So we just spray the dirt where the bulbs are planted? Yeah, it, yeah, you can spray around there. The bulbs just start coming up, but I'd spray the bulbs before I put them in the ground even right. and uh, and do that. And then any of your perennials and things that you plant that the squirrels are eating, um, just give them a shot of the Bobex on, right on the foliage. Okay, that's great. All righty. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Rob. Bye-bye. All right, and I'm going to go to John. Good morning, John. Oh, good morning down there in the deep south. How you doing there yeah. today, John? Well, I'm hanging in there. That's good. But uh, I've missed your shows a couple of weeks. But uh, fall watering of uh, of the grass. When do you stop that, or do you stop watering grass? Well, I definitely slow it down a bit. Um, but I, I, it's fine to keep it going. And the grass kind of tells you when it cools right off, when we start getting those cool days, it starts shutting down. And uh, so it doesn't hurt to keep it green going into Because then I always find if you're watering your grass, you're probably going to get a little bit of water into your trees and shrubs. So it's probably not a bad thing that way as well. Okay. Now what about All right. fer fall fertilizing? On your lawn? Yes. Um, definitely when you get into September is typically when I do my our third application of the Green It Up Lawn Fertilizer. That's what and, I use, yes. Yeah, no, and we, um, so fall is a great time to get that in there. helps put them to, to sleep nicely, and it's great. Now, what, what about the, uh, when your final cuts of the year... Uh, should it be uh, a little bit higher I like to go, than normal? I like or? to go a little bit short. Like I don't go really short, but I don't. I don't like to leave it long. We have so much of that that mouse issue oh. in the winter time, and the less grass. So I just cut it normal. Just keep it a little bit shorter is fine, and I I like that way. But then in the spring, you want to kind of bump it up and let it grow. Yeah, let it go a little bit longer, but and uh, yeah, definitely. I, I like sort of in that inch and a half, two inches is is going to be perfect going into winter. And I cut. I like to go one like right until it stopped growing, almost give it that last cut. Because if you leave it longer, the mice just love it. They get in there, and make those tunnels all over the place. Oh yeah, and uh, it was good. Well, I must yeah, congratulate that, your uh, spruce or your. Prune it up, crew. They were here on Wednesday. Yeah. And they, uh, I had five trees. They did a super job. Awesome. Really impressed, Merrill. Thank you. you had a no, great and crew? and we we work hard with them and uh, and set them up with all the all the best tools and the training. And I know we do we we do a lot of stuff with that with that crew. So I'm glad we're we're getting the payoff on the other end with the customers. So that's awesome. Well, and I also like uh, the uh, your uh, some of the crew too. That you have maybe some new members or 
with yep. their hands there, and uh, they chipped in and showed the younger how to uh, really rake the grass. <laughs> yeah, no, we did. The cleanup is important. <laughs> That's good. Right, they did a super All right. job. Thanks, John. I got to go for the news here. Sorry, bud. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Sunshine and 14 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 930. I'm Courtney Davidson. A man is in critical condition after being struck by a sea train at Canyon Meadows Station early this morning. The incident happened around 3 a.m. The sea train station has since reopened. RCMP are investigating the death of a baby on the Stony Nakoda First Nation as a homicide. Officers found the six-month-old dead inside a home on Wednesday as they responded to a welfare check. Still no word on any arrests. Forecasters say Ida could be a Category 5 hurricane with potentially catastrophic rains and storm surge by the time it reaches the coast of Louisiana this afternoon. U.S. President Joe Biden has approved emergency declarations for Louisiana and Mississippi ahead of Ida's arrival. In the forecast, sunny today, looking to hit 25. Clear skies this evening, dipping to 9 overnight. And a mix of sun and clouds tomorrow and 24. It's 14 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news is at 10. I'm Courtney Davidson. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Emerald Coombs. I'm going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to go to Elaine. Good morning, Elaine. Good morning. I have started out with two short questions, and it's now four, so you can stop me when you want to. Okay. Okay. Um, we have two oak seedlings we planted. They were given to us at the end of July, and they're just doing great. Uh, I just don't know how to protect them in the winter. I would just plant them like a like. Are they ones from an oak tree here in Calgary? No, they're from Edmonton uh, seedlings. You okay. Know, shoots, uh, Whatever you call them. Yeah, and that should be fine. Should be the same variety. Like, I'm sure they're a bur oak or something. So um, I would get them in the ground as soon as you could. No, they're in the ground. Uh, they've been in the ground okay. for months. I just don't know how to protect them for the winter. Should I cover them? No. What I would do is just ensure that you water them well into the spring. You might want to just put a little bit of protection around them. Um, how? Like... I'm just trying to think. I'd probably just use some, like a little bit of a real small squared wire mesh type thing. Yeah. Because more of what I'm worried about is just the mice going in there and chewing around it. So oh. if you just sort of put like a cylinder, like create like a cylinder from my for the small wire and just and put it around it. Okay. And uh, and that would be it. Just water it in well. Make sure to put a little bit of bark mulch around it. Water it in well, and you should be great. Super. And is something like that cylinder, is there something I could buy? You know? Um, yeah, we sell rolls of wire, and so you just have to cut it a little bit smaller because it comes in a roll. Yeah, okay. Um, so you just cut. I'd probably, it depends how big it is, sort of cut it sort of 12 inches and then just wrap it around and then just sort of stand it up into there. And then you oh. could just use 
like even the the landscape fabric pegs we sell, mm-hmm. you could use that to hold it into place. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Um, now, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, this year I had the first bloom on a bunch of, uh, well, a dozen tulip bulbs. And I would, I would like to move them. I'm not, I'm not liking where I placed them. So at what yep. point can I move them? Um, as soon as we get into fall, a little bit cooler, I would wait till like sort of mid-September. Okay. And then you should be totally fine to move them. Perfect. Thank you. And then should and I put, uh, ensure they put them in a nice sunny spot and uh, and clump them together and you should be good. Yes. Thank you. Um, should I deadhead? One more the, question. Should I deadhead the potent pillar? Just a small little bush. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if you trim them up, like when they're kind of done, because at the end of the sort of this time of year, sometimes they just get a bunch of just a bunch of brown. Yeah. I would just give them a nice little haircut. And then next spring, you'll get tons of new growth, and it'll just look awesome. Perfect. And should I cover my ho- last one? Should I cover the hollyhock over the winter? Should I mulch it over sh- or something? No, just leave it up. Let it die back, and they're pretty hardy. I I just, just watered in well all your perennials, like when we get into the end of September. Yeah. Water all your perennials in, and you should be totally good. Good. Well, thanks very much. Thank you. You're welcome. Take Bye-bye. care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, going to go to Janet. Good morning, Janet. Morning. How are you? Hi there. Good, good. How can I help you? Um, I sent you a picture of a bug that is all over our flowers right now, and I just noticed them this week. Um, it's it's about 7 to 8 millimeters in length, and it's got this V on its thorax or just upper back. Yeah, the back, um, and I, I think I replied to your text... Okay. It is. It's a box elder beetle, oh, and they're not really okay. harmful. Um, they're okay. just they're just uh, a bit of a nuisance. They like it. Uh, is it more in a really warm spot where they are? Uh, yeah, it's it's yeah. Um, in the in the sun, and they're just in all the flowers, and they're flitting yeah. around, and they're all over. And people are complaining in the neighborhood that they're on their houses and that sort of thing. Yeah, that's because they love it when it's nice and warm and dry like this. That's sort of where they thrive. Okay. Um, so you like you can get like we have a couple products that's called kills or something. If you want to, if you want to spray them, you can. Um, okay. But typically, they don't do any damage to the leaves. They just become a bit of a when they get um, the heavy infestation like you start getting. Okay. So just kind of leave them then. Yep. Okay. Yeah, or or like you said, if if they get bad, you could definitely get uh, some of the insecticides. And like I said, we have one that's it's just called Kills or a couple of them that is sort of a multi-purpose. And if you wanted to get rid of them that way, you could do that. Kills. Yep. K-I-L-Z. Okay. Yep. All right. All right. Thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, Janet. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. And I got a little bit of time. I'm going to go to Jerry. Good morning, Jerry. Hi there. Thank you. Um, I have my wife's been having a problem finding seeds for the red bee balm. Okay. Typically, that will be more of a springtime thing, and the perennials. Um, it, it is harder, definitely, to find um, some of the perennial seeds. Um, we carry quite a few varieties, um, but typically, and I'm not too sure. I haven't I haven't looked in the seeds right now, but I know we we do have the bee balm typically in the springtime. 
Okay. And I know we I know we have the plant, the bee bomb, right now. So Yeah. Could I get a phone number to call I'm from Lethbridge and then I'll just phone your shop and order yeah. some? Yeah, it's four oh three two zero one seven five two five. Two uh two oh one seven five two five. Just give them a shout and see if they see what we have in stock right now. And if okay, not they well, can they can try and order it in for you for sure. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. Take care. Bye. Thanks, Bye. Jerry. Bye bye. All right. I'm gonna take a quick break. If you'd like to join me after the break, phone lines are wide open, four oh three nine seven four eight two five five. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on seven seventy CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coons, and I got one text I'm going to read here. Good morning. I have a three foot Katoni Aster hedge. Is it a good time to cut it down a foot or more? Thanks. Um, if it's only three feet high, unless it's not healthy, um, you could just definitely shape it. But there's no need to to cut um, that down to a foot or more, unless you just really want to keep it short. Um, but I would definitely trim it up, and if you want to shape it to sort of make the the top nice and level at this time, or and shape it to an inverted more like a shape of a pyramid where you go narrower to the top and a little wider on the bottom. And that definitely helps. A lot of times when people trim their hedge, it ends up being narrow at the bottom and wider at the top. So you want to go the opposite. You want to go a little narrow at the top and wider at the bottom. That way all of it gets all the sun and you have a nicer looking, thicker looking hedge that way as well. But yeah, you should be, you should be totally fine. Going to go to the phone line. We're going to go to Leslie. Good morning, Leslie. Hi, Merle. Oh, I need your help. Hi there. <laughs> All right. What do you I got? I have been to see if I'm doing the right thing because I, I really need to save these Swedish aspens. Uh, it's got okay. the iron deficiency, right? I've got uh, 7% uh, chelated iron, and I have been putting some of that yep. in water because and and spraying it on the ground around the roots a couple of uh, feet maybe from the trunk around these two yeah. aspens and I've been doing it about uh, maybe once a week I think I've done it four times but is that going to okay. save them what else do I need what am I doing yeah no and it takes a bit for it to to get into the roots like in, and then up into the leaf system so and at this time of year it it might not see the full results um, because the tree is downloading right now. But what good thing is, is those iron chelates, those trees. Next year, it has. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I think we had a little connection issue there, but I think we're all straightened up. Um, so I'll just finish up there with Leslie. Yeah, just keep keep applying the, the iron chelates that once a week. Um, like I said, you probably won't see the full results this fall as the tree is 
downloading, not uploading a bunch of the of the nutrients, but you do want to get those trace elements in the soil. So then next spring when it goes to refoliate and you'll have lots of nice foliage at that point, we'll go from there. All right, I'm going to go to Ryan. Good morning, Ryan. Good morning, sir. Um, just had a quick question. I've been trying to plant some black-eyed Susan Thunderbird, uh, some Virgia um, yeah. from the ground. I'm just wondering if it's possible. Um, well, Thunbergia, it's, it's an annual, right? Okay. Um, so if you're going to try and do that, you can, um, but they, they are a little bit harder to seed and get going because they're kind of a really spindly little vine when they first get going. And right. they do need the support. Like they can grow all, the, all over the ground, but they okay. do much nicer if they have something to crawl up like a trellis or in a hanging basket or something okay. like that. Okay. So... Should I yeah, them in so a pot or should I plant it in the ground? Yeah, I would definitely start them in a like in a seed tray, put them into a pot, um, okay. and then, like I said, in a hanging basket. Typically, we'd plant three to five, and then okay. and uh, you three just start five. training them up, and they can crawl up the wires. And once you train them a bit, they'll just totally fill in or up. A, if you have a nice little trellis cage or something in there, like even a oh, tomato okay. cage is awesome. Yeah. Okay, no, they're, yeah, and they're great. Like they fill in. Yard. I'm just trying to fill it with something. So, um, so yeah, I thought that. Yeah, the rutabaga. Like if you want the black-eyed Susan, that as a perennial, they're awesome and they're bulletproof. Like they're they're great. Like and you get that okay. big bright yellow flower in sort right. of mid-August and right. right through till fall. Gorgeous. So. Okay. Sorry. Which one is that? Um, the rutabaga. The black eyed, it's a black, it's called the black eyed Susan as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, perfect. Thanks but a lot. it's the perennial variety. So it's, it's awesome. Okay. Thanks, okay, Ryan. Thank you. Bye. Take care, man. Bye bye. All right. I'm going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to go to Greg. Good morning, Greg. Good morning, Merle. Um, I have How a can- number of uh, blueberry bushes, and I know the pH level targets in that four and a half to five and a half. Uh, range, but yeah, I've had a number of um, aluminum sulfate applications through the spring and summer here, and the best I can do is get it to seven. Do you? Uh, can you recommend a product or something that I? Can yeah, do the thirty ten ten. They do like the that app, like they do like that fertilizer. It's a little bit more acidic. Okay, and and is even adding a bit of peat moss and that to the soil or the sea soil is really good. Mix that in around your, um, around the blueberries. That definitely helps. Okay, great. Thank you very much, sir. All right, and if and and the blueberries, you're going to get good results. Um, but if you really want to switch it up to, you can try the Haskett berries. I call them more of the prairie blueberry. A little bit hardier, and typically you get a little bit more fruit production from them. I just find that the blueberries aren't really for our zone so they're they're not one where you're going to get a ton and and even if you went to some of the sour cherries and stuff so but it's nice to right. definitely push the zone and um but if you're going to expect a, a bushel of blueberries um probably not as much as if you tried some other stuff <laughs> sure I understand. all right all, all right. right thank you take care thanks greg bye-bye yep. bye all right. Yeah, and I and I love pushing the zone. I got a red rocket maple in the back and 
and some different things. And it's always, it's great. Um, I got my pear tree is actually full of pears that are starting to turn yellow. Um, a little smaller. It's the second year. So I, I planted it last year. And so this is the first year of production. So I'm hoping to see the pears a little bit bigger next year. But I probably have 30, 40 pears. And I'm seeing lots of pictures of fruit production um, from people on Instagram and stuff like that. Where really good production this year, which is nice to see. Apologies, we've lost the audio portion with uh, Merle Coombs on the Garden Show this morning. We are working to get him back on the air and uh, ask you to stand by, please. 770 CHQR. Welcome back again to Let's Talk Garden. We'll try this again. Not too sure what's going on. Just a little disconnection at the function there. So I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to try to chat with Helen. Hi, Helen. Oh, hi. Hi there. How can I help you? Sorry about that. Okay. I live in the West Edge townhouses in the Glomarkin area. Yeah, nice area. uh, they recently erected 
four-foot-high solid wooden fences between our units. Yep. For, unfortunately, my hosta plants run along this uh, particular fence where the sun used to come in from the south. They will no longer get any sun whatsoever directly. Will they all? Will I lose them all? Uh, or what? no? Uh, actually, that'll work out fine, especially because you got hostas. Um, hostas are okay with that; they can handle the shade, okay. so you'll be you'll be you'll be fine there. Okay. Um, yeah, no, you should be fine. Just ensure that you give them a nice little shot of fertilizer, and you should be totally good. I wouldn't worry about that. Thank you very Kind of worked much. out perfect. You got the perfect plant for for if they want to build a fence in front of it. <laughs> I know. Yeah, thanks a lot. That's all I You're need. Anyway, awesome. wonderful program. I love you so much. Take Thank care you. now. Thank you for listening, Helen. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Take care. All right. And getting close to the end. I got a, one text here. Beautiful-looking birch tree, but... Definitely an infestation of birch leaf miner. And that's always an issue. So what I would suggest is give our pruned up team a call, get set up for next spring. We do the triazon treatment. Um, it's a birch leaf injection that we do right into the tree. It's a systemic and it cleans it right up. And uh, and next spring you'll have it. Another product to use is our, uh, Rage Plus. And just give that a good slow, deep watering all the way around the perimeter and apply the Rage Plus into it, fertilizer. And it loves it loves Rage Plus. Birch trees, for whatever reason, just love it. So use that, and we'll go from there. But right now I'm going to take a break, and you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's sunny and 14 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Courtney Davidson. A man is in critical condition after being struck by a sea train at Canyon Meadows Station early this morning. According to officials, it happened around 3 a.m. Details are limited at this time, but Calgary Transit has since reopened the Canyon Meadows Station. Decision Canada on Global News Radio. The federal party leaders are concentrating their campaigning efforts in central Canada today. Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole started the day east of Montreal in St. Yassant. He says conservatives will encourage people to invest in their communities something important to small businesses in Quebec. He announced an initiative to encourage investment. So we're saying to those Canadians with money to invest, invest in your community. Help create jobs for your neighbours. This new incentive will provide a 25% tax credit on amounts of up to $100,000 that Canadians personally invest in a small business over the next two years. O'Toole repeated his assertion that the Liberals have squandered money harming the economy. RCMP north of Calgary are asking the public for help identifying a robbery suspect. 
Around 9.20 p.m. last night, Innisfail RCMP received reports of an armed robbery being attempted on a residential block. The description provided of the lone male suspect resembled a suspect from two prior robberies at Fast Gas. In each incident, the suspect has presented a firearm demanding cash and a vehicle. RCMP Police Dog Services, the Emergency Response Team and the Innisfail RCMP have so far not been able to locate the man after extensive searches. The investigation is ongoing. The U.S. military has launched another airstrike in Afghanistan. Mark Remillard reports. U.S. government officials tell ABC News that the U.S. conducted an airstrike in Afghanistan to take out a vehicle-borne IED in Kabul that posed a threat to the airport. A military official speaking on background said they are confident they hit their target and that initial reports indicate no civilian casualties. The official also said a secondary explosion appears to have been from the explosives in the vehicle following the airstrike. Mark Remillard, ABC News. Taking a look at sports, in CFL action, Andrew Harris returns to the Blue Bombers lineup tonight as the Stamps visit Winnipeg. The Canadian running back missed the first three games of the season after suffering a calf injury in training camp. The Bombers are coming off a win over the Argos last week, while the Stamps pulled out a comeback over the Alouettes. Game time is 5 o'clock with our pregame show going at 3.30. Global News, SkyTracker weather, sunny today, looking to get up to 25. Clear skies this evening as we get down to 9. A mix of sun and clouds on Monday, a high of 24 and 14 on Tuesday with a chance of showers. It's 14 degrees at 10.04. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update is at 10.30. I'm Courtney Davidson. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And if you'd like to join us, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. But right now I'm going to go to Doug. Good morning, Doug. Good morning, Earl. Hey, how can I help you? I have a problem with my lawn. I've got uh, molds, uh, mounds all over it. And uh, it's either a pocket gopher or a mold. But they tell me there are no molds here in Cochrane, so... I'm <laughs> yeah, they call them voles or moles. I don't know. I don't know the difference either. I, I know you get those piles. Um, typically, what I do is I would mow, mow the grass a little more often. Um, we do have some vole traps that you can get, and and you dig in the hole. But I find that if you rake it out and if you just mow the grass a little bit more often, they tend to they don't like that obviously because they're it gets disturbed. Mm-hmm. So that could be part of it. If you leave the grass a little bit longer, then then um, that is a reason they sort of they feel more comfortable going in those spots. But we do have like there is traps you can use. But I find if I, as long as I and the soil that they do poke up is actually kind of nice for top dressing. So if you just rake that into the lawn, it disappears instantly, anyways. But okay. uh, and I, I'd probably just mow a little bit more often, and they'll they'll say, okay, I don't want to be here. That lawn uh, that lawnmower blade on my head doesn't feel very good, so I should probably move on. So you can try that as well. Okay, thank you. 
All right. Sorry. Hopefully that helped. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Doug. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to go to Jean. Good morning, Jean. Hello. Hi, Jean. Hi. How can I, I help pl- you? I planted some uh, uh, grass in my on the south side of my house. I'm on yeah. the west side of my house. And it, this is the second year now, and they, it doesn't seem to be growing like on the east side where the sun is. Uh, the sun is really out on the east side, and this, on the west side, there, it's not growing. I'm not fertilizing. Maybe I should be fertilizing. Yeah, and do you, did you put sod or grass seed? No. No, the grass it's, seed? It, it, it's uh, the tall grass, the, the grass, the artificial grass, like, not artificial, but the grass that I... Or the ornamental, those Carl Foresters? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, probably on the west side, it's probably a little bit hotter, so I would ensure that you do some good water and then fertilize as well. 2020-20 is great for those. Yeah, and do I, do I prune them at all? At all? I, I leave them until early spring. Mm-hmm. Um, I cut them right off, right down to the ground as low as you can go early spring, like sort of April or something like that. And oh, then, okay. yeah, I like to leave them in the winter because they give a nice, they look good over the winter time. At least you give you some, some color and they sort of go in the wind and stuff like that. It gives you a little bit of a feature over the winter time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you feel because it's in the east, east side of my house. It, it's cooler there a little bit, so they probably get more water. And on the west side, it's probably hotter and drier. Oh yeah, it is. It's yeah, right. So yeah. because I've got a, a couple on the west side, and it's really growing and really nice. But on the on the east side, it's not growing at all. Yeah, because it's probably just not as much sun. They do like it sort of that hot and dry spot. Like they mm. they do prefer like lots of sun. If they're in the shadier sort of thing like that, if there's not much sun. They definitely will grow a little bit slower because I have a couple underneath my one willow tree. The willow tree took off lately since I've been fertilizing it, mm. so it's creating more shade for my carls as well. So, mm. okay, so I do twenty twenty twenty. Or what do I yeah. do? That uh, can I put that on now? Um, you can definitely give them a shot now. It wouldn't hurt it just to and it'll get the fertilizer down into the ground. Same thing. They're probably on the on the. On their, like I said, they're downloading right now as well. Like they're starting to slow down on the growth, but mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt. And if it's really shady, you might even want to look at moving it, like maybe into a sunnier spot. And then in some of the spot where you have shade like that, you might want to put like a ligularia or those fiddlehead ferns, things like that, that really like the shade. There's lots mm-hmm. of other plants that might do better there. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. You're very welcome. Take care. Bye bye. All right. I'm going to go to Brian. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Merle. How are you doing? Good, good. How can I help you today, man? Well, I sent you some uh, really ugly-looking uh, Christmas lilacs. Okay. Uh, I, I haven't. So we've got it. Well, that new bed we put in the front. Yeah. I've got it filled in with dirt, and then with the heat and the wind, it literally turned our bed into concrete. So uh, yeah. I've got... Six out of 13 lilacs that are, you know, basically crispy, but I dug them out about two weeks ago, soaked them in a bucket with Rage Plus, and then filled the ball, put them back in because the root balls themselves were dry. Yeah. I'm seeing a little bit of push on green, but there's a couple here that are not looking very good. The nice thing is, and I I, I got the pictures here, Brian, I'd probably just cut them down to a bit. 
okay. and then let them just sort of start from the root ball and okay. yeah and just ensure that loosen the like dig a hole around the where you plant like you, it looks like you have you loosen the soil up nicely yeah. um create a little bit of a well and then yeah, just just try and get that and that's the problem too like exactly what you said the root ball gets into sometimes that are hard soil and right. it's hard to get the water down into those spots right yeah you bet and then that like i said the root ball dries out so that's what I would do. I'd sort of cut those down a bit to about six inches, and then just let them start fresh from the trunk. Okay, fabulous. Thank you. All right. Take care, Brian. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to go to Monica. Good morning, Monica. Hi, Monica. Gord, is she? I'm here still. Oh. Yeah. Hi, Monica. Hi. Hi there. Uh, How can I help you? I have a parkland apple. I sent you a couple pictures, and it's had a hard life. It's, it's I don't know, three or four years old, and the top of the tree basically died, and we've yeah, you got a, a big – yeah, you got a huge frost crack in that thing. Yeah. So wow. That one's a – Oh, and the top – is that the, is it the same tree? It's the same tree. So it looks tree. like the top half died – at one yeah. time, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, on something like this bad, I would just start fresh. Our tree oh. sale is going to start next week, so <laughs> if you want, <laughs> okay. I'll be, I'll be. It's in rough shape, right? And and oh, when, totally. once a tree like this gets all that disease into it, it it's it's just you're, it's a battle that that you're probably not going to win and you're just going to waste three or four years. Whether if you did, and then if you just went and got a nice new healthy tree, you're going to be enjoying some nice apples and things like that okay. instead of trying to fight with this and, uh, and then replant it in three years. And then, uh, then you're starting off. So yeah, I would definitely, yeah, just start fresh. Okay. <laughs> Thanks so much. I appreciate <laughs> that's that. That's one of the deep, that's one of the biggest frost cracks I've ever seen though. Holy cow. It's Especially huge. on a smaller tree. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it just, uh, it just split the thing right down the center. So it, it did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's hopeless. <laughs> yeah. I would say Monica, sorry about that, but that's sometimes it's just better to retreat, to get the shovel, say your <laughs> goodbyes and, uh, and then go from there. All right. Sounds good. I, we, I, we were kind of thinking that way, but we thought, well, yeah. we'll, Give a give a call and see what happens. Yeah, no, on that one, I definitely would. Uh, I would. Uh, all right, rest in peace and, <laughs> and start fresh. All right. Thanks so much for your help. I, I enjoy it. You're your welcome. Show. Thank you so much. Bye bye. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. But if you'd like to join me after the break, phone lines are wide open. Four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on seven seventy CHQR. And Lessa Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center, your year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. Just got a text from Joyce, and she had a beautiful um, rose bush, but now it looks like it has spittle bug. It's, it looks just like if someone spit on it, and it's all over the bloom. So on something like that, I would use pure spray green. I'd hose it off and then use pure spray green 
on there. And that should definitely um, help out with that. It's a little bit late in the season for Spittlebug, but obviously not because they're all over your roses. Um, so use pure spray green on there and you should clear that up. You might need to spray it sort of every five days for three weeks cycle, sort of every like three, five days, five days, five days. And then uh, hopefully that should clear that up for you. And because otherwise they're gorgeous looking roses and nice thing with pure spray green, it uh, looks after anything else as well as powdery mildew or anything like that, that you might have on your roses. All right, I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to go to Sylvia. Good morning, Sylvia. Hi. I hi. have hi. I have an array of lilies, all doubles and singles and just gorgeous. When I was in Vancouver, a greenhouse told me there are nursery that in the fall I must never cut them down because the frost goes down in the middle stem. I like mm-hmm. to have my yard clean and everything clean with a little mulch on top. Is this how do I prepare? Yeah, I- yeah, I prefer, I prefer what you were told there. Like, I like to leave things until spring. Like, if you lived in Vancouver or England or Cologne even, you can do the nice fall cleanup and prune everything right down nicely. But in Calgary, in this area, we need Mother Nature to help protect it. Okay. And so I like to let the plants sort of, I call it procrastination gardening a little bit. We get to procrastinate till spring. So let the plant sort of die over itself. And then that's just Mother Nature's way of adding that winter protection, protecting from the frost and from especially early spring when you just, when the, when the small plants just start coming up from the bottom, Mm -hmm. if they're still covered with that dead foliage, it's actually, it's beneficial. So it helps protect it. So I, I like to let things come up out of the ground. Then I do my spring cleanup. And then okay. you're typically safe from there. Good. And should I be fertilizing the Evan cherries in the fall? Um, you can definitely do that. Just when they start downloading, sort of mid-September, hit them with a 15, 30, 15. Okay. Um, that would be great. High middle number. And uh, that helps put that phosphate in there so it's able to produce lots of nice fruit next year. Good. And you should be good to go. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks, Sylvia. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. All right, I'm going to go to Danny. Good morning, Danny. Hi there. Hey, uh, how can I help you? I've got, a, I've got a problem with my lawn. I've been trying to rehabilitate it for a number of years now, but yep. I live on a, I, I live on, at the top of a hill in, a, uh, in Airdrie, yep. and it, uh, like the, the flatter part of the lawn tends to do quite well. It's nice and lush and green. I've let it grow a little bit longer and keep it longer throughout the drought this year. But uh, half my lawn in the backyard and half my lawn in the front yard takes a fairly sharp drop, and it doesn't seem to hold the water. Is there is, is there any advice on fertilizer or yeah. nitrates or something to help that out? Yeah, what, what I would definitely do is, uh, and if you're not using, I would definitely switch to our Green It Up Lawn Fertilizer. You'll see a big difference because it has a high middle number. So it's going to um, build that root system up. So that way, on a hill, it's and and it's the water when it does get in there, it, it'll hold it, and it doesn't dry out as quick. If you're using like a regular fertilizer from the box stores, or whatever the the Golf Green and the Scotts, it's always yeah. the same. It's thirty ten ten, or I mean thirty zero four 
or something like that. But there's no nothing for the root system. So in those dry areas and those slopes and their flat areas, we, in, in Calgary, Airdrie, we have a heavy clay content. And yeah. so we got to build our roots up. And so you build it up and you'll water half as much and it'll stay nice and green on those slopes, no problem. Okay, awesome. Thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll come down and pick some up uh, next week. Because I, yeah, I want to no, try and, to get it in before the snow flies so that it... Yeah, it, yeah give it, it a good application right now. Then again, three times next year and uh, just space it out and you should be, you'll be, you'll be very impressed with it. So. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Danny. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Yeah, that's and and that's why we formulated the Green It Up Lawn Fertilizer. And we got so many people coming in and getting it because they've used it. They see the results. It has the high middle number. And, and in Calgary, in our area, we need that deep root system where in Vancouver or Toronto, they have phosphate in the soil. So they need the, nutri- they need the nitrogen boost. And... As far as business goes, the those big name brands they go after the population, and that's where more of the people are. Is uh, sounds like our elections, eh? Just like that election, <laughs> so it's all decided where that where the people are. So, um, so they give us the same fertilizer across. Again, sounds just like the just like the politicians, but and that's why we need uh, the Western or in Calgary, we need that good fertilizer. You need that high middle number, build the root system up and you'll water half as much. You get nice thick green grass. It'll choke out lots of weeds. It'll help choke out the quack grass and all that kind of stuff. So you'll, you'll be very happy that you did it like that. And so hopefully that helps out. But right now we're at for time. I'm going to go to Terry. Good morning, Terry. Hey there. Hi. Hey, good morning. Oh, um, last year I bought a beautiful bougainvillea plant. Yep. And I repotted it because it was really root bound. And it did beautiful last year. So I brought it in the house when it got cool and I cut it back and it grew like crazy inside. Yep. You know, beautiful. So when it got warm enough, I put it back outside, and it's growing great, but it didn't yep. flower. Yeah, it, it, and mine's just starting to flower. I did the same oh. thing, and I got tons of growth, and I just noticed on the ends of the branches, there's, I have a pink and a white one in the same pot. Same thing. I got one last fall, and it was just like a little stick, and then <laughs> put it in the house, and it grew quite well, and I stuck it out, and now it's like a two- or three-foot bush. And, yeah, it's and I'm going like, great. And, yeah, and mine went mine went chlorotic a little bit. Like it, the leaves went yellow, so I'm adding more of the micronized iron that I talked about, the iron chelate. So yeah, I'm adding no, that. Mine, that hasn't happened. It's beautiful. It's perfect green. Beautiful. Awesome. So but, you should start seeing bloom because this is when they typically bloom, like it down in Mexico and stuff like that. Is they go through that, and that this time of year is typically when they start blooming because they're they're similar like a poinsettia, like they go through a, okay. a certain. The sun tells them when to start to bloom, so they they're more of a like a late summer, fall, winter bloomer. So okay. they should start blooming here for you, and uh, you'll see that on the leaves. So like I said mine just started last to, week. I I need to bring it in because what I'm going to do is I'll bring it in again this year. Absolutely, it's a beautiful plant. And I thought, oh, it hasn't bloomed, and if it, but I can't leave it out 
too much longer because no another couple of weeks yeah if you get any frost unfortunately yeah they don't take frost very well no but yeah just and then fertilize 15 30 15 and uh and then you should see some blooms uh over the over the winter time here beautiful yeah, just ensure the, that you I dry it I out can't believe between it that waterings. you mentioned the the election i thought oh my god don't get don't get people started on the no. election otherwise <laughs> you'll be in huge amount of trouble oh so, i know i know but i just because when i just started talking about it i said well it sort I of know. follows the plot and it just seems to everything from fertilizer to and then all the bs that they spread that uh, oh, it's same thing anyways we don't actually these are the two hours we get to get away from the politics that's so right nice. that's right okay all well right. thank you very much you thank have a you. great day thanks terry bye-bye okay bye bye-bye all right and actually i'm probably just going to read a couple texts i have about a minute left here and what length should I cut my grass before the snow falls? Well, hopefully we're going to be a little bit, but I like to go sort of that inch and a half, two inches um, is like where I like to cut the grass um, for the winter time. And over the summer, I sort of go to that two and a half type range, something like that. And uh, it definitely helps out for sure. And I get another text here. I have a mature mountain ash that you recommended. I get some chelated iron for. I spread four cups of the powder around the drip line three weeks ago, and some greening in leaves. Is that enough of the powder, or should I be putting more down? Um, typically, and you should be mixing it with water before you pour the straight powder onto it. So then that should definitely help. Um, so I'd water that in really well, that the fertilizer that you did put, and then I would mix it in a pail just according to the directions, and, uh, and then you should be good to go that way. And right now I'm going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join me after, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's mostly sunny and 14 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Courtney Davidson. Canada is set to start negotiations with the Taliban to secure a safe exit for Canadian citizens and Afghan refugees trying to leave Kabul, according to Canada's Foreign Affairs Minister. Mark Garneau confirmed such negotiations were set to take place during an interview with the West Bloc's Mercedes Stevenson earlier today. It's day 15 of the federal election campaign trail. The federal party leaders are concentrating their campaigning efforts in central Canada today. Liberal leader Justin Trudeau was in Cambridge, Ontario this morning after taking the day off yesterday. Both the Conservative and NDP leaders, meanwhile, are in Quebec. Global News Sky Tracker weather, mainly sunny today, looking to hit 25. Clear this evening as the temperature gets down to 9 overnight and a mix of sun and clouds on Monday and 24. It's 14 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news is at 11. I'm Courtney Davidson. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. I've got a quick text here. Good morning. We planted a climbing rose this year, now about four feet tall, no buds. Is this normal? Plant leaves very green, healthy looking. Do we cut it down this fall? If so, when? No, typically when your roses, I wait till 
early spring. Again, I watch to see where they green up. They'll get some natural dieback, and then I typically just shape them early spring. You'll see one branch might be really tall, one might be small. And so I even it up early spring, and you should be go. You should have seen some blooms. Again, I would fertilize with a 15, 30, 15, and you can give that a shot sort of mid-September. Give it a shot of 15, 30, 15, get some of that uh, phosphate into the soil, get those trace elements in there, and then next spring, again, first thing in the spring, I'd hit it with the 15, 30, 15, trying to get uh, a bit more phosphate and use that as your fertilizer of choice for your blooms for sure. And I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to go to Jim. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. Excuse me. uh, My sister in Winnipeg has lily of valley growing under her spruce trees. Um, She really likes them. How do they grow here, and when is the best time to? Well, they're quite invasive. They grow like crazy. Yeah. Um, So... Um, we we, sell, we we typically get them in the garden center from time to time. Um, they're one that a lot of people don't buy anymore because they are so invasive. That's what I was so, worried about. Yeah. So just make sure wherever you have them, yeah, it's a maybe a contained area, and and it, and you want it totally full of lily of the valley when you put that in there. Right. So 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 how would you get? them not to spread so much they don't yeah they just that's how they grow they're just an invasive type plant again like i said if you have a like if you have a like a square planter like Mm -hmm. in the ground that's sort of okay that's all the space that they get then they'll they'll just fill that area up but if you have a big bed it'll just keep going and going and going Oh, uh, that, or you have to manually hold them back. Like every so often, just get in there with a shovel and uh, do some edging on it, and this uh, well, separate them that way. Well, what would you suggest to plant under spruce? Because my grass certainly isn't growing under. Yeah, it's it's really hard to plant. Like again, under a spruce tree, mm-hmm. um, goatweed is another one that will go. I, I suggest doing bark mulch. And even some junipers around the perimeter of it, and maybe even a couple boulders, just to give it a more of a natural look. Uh-huh. Um, and then the bark mulch is very beneficial because the spruce tree drops the needles, uh-huh. and and that's it's trying to recreate the forest floor, right? Right. So if you had bark mulch and the needles get mixed in there, and what that does is it just stops the bugs and things from crawling up there because it's really pointy, uh-huh. and and they don't like they don't like that. So I I, tr- I on my spruce trees I try to recreate. I let them do what they want to do because oh. they're trying to recreate that forest floor, right. and you're going to get a lot nicer, healthier looking spruce tree if you do that. If you try to grow something underneath it, it's just one of them loses, and it's typically the stuff underneath. Did you have to put anything under that bark mulch? No, nope. no nope. mulch right on top of there. Be totally fine. Oh, cool. Go about three, four inches thick. It, like I said, it's very beneficial to the spruce tree tree. Holds the moisture in, and uh, and I cut out the grass all the way out. I usually go about six, eight inches past the the drip line of the last branch, the mm-hmm. length of the, and then that way you don't have to get underneath the mulch. I had a couple boulders underneath there, some driftwood. Something like that, make it look nice, and uh, and then you're good to go. Great stuff. I thank you very, very much. You're welcome. Bye Thanks, bye. Jim. Bye bye. All right, and I got time. I'm going to go to Sylvia. Good morning, Sylvia. You're welcome. Thanks, Jim. Bye bye. Hi, Sylvia. I got time. I'm going to go to Sylvia. Good morning, Sylvia. Good morning, Jim. Bye bye. 
Good morning. Um, Hi, yes, Sylvia. Yes, good morning. I How can a, I help you? Can I, I have a potted hibiscus that has been had out summer, uh, all summer. And yeah. I want to bring it in as a house plant. Will it keep flowering if I bring it in? Absolutely. Um, what you want to use, though, is just, just spray it with a pure spray green before you bring it in the house. Because right. they're very susceptible to spider mite and aphids. All right. So just give it a good spray of the pure spray green before you bring it inside. And they're typically a house plant. We sell them as house plants all the time. So it all should right. be and what well. What size of a pot would that need to go into? It's in about an eight inch pot right now. Yeah, I'd probably go into at least a 10 inch pot. And then they do like the fertilizer 301010. They like the evergreen fertilizer. They like it a little bit more acidic. Okay. Sounds good. Okay, then. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Sylvia. Bye bye. All right. And I probably have time for one more. I'm going to go to Matt. Good morning, Matt. All right. All right. Okay. Actually, Matt has dropped off, so I'm just going to take a break. If you'd like to join me after the break, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to go to Susan. Morning, Susan. Morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Good. I sent a text a little bit earlier, uh, last digits 9-8, and it was a picture of a leaf on a tree. I think it's a hawthorn. And um, just wondering what kind of pest it is and how we can treat it. Okay. I'm just sort of going through, and the last digit is 9-8. Yeah. Uh, 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 I do, oh, there it is. No, I have a 9-8, but it was a mountain ash. No, that's not you. <laughs> um, I think it is was it, just after 9. Okay, okay. Does it look like a like a cyst or something on there? It looked sort of squiggly, and um, yeah, it was sort of a lighter color. The leaf was a dark green, and this sort of squiggly thing was... Um, oh, yeah, cyst. yeah. No, I got it. Actually, that's more of a fungus on there. Oh, it, It's okay. inside the... It's a fungus that affects the, the hawthorn, and it's sort of just a deformity. So what you need to do is just what I, what I would do is ensure that you water it well, do a really good fall cleanup. Like when all those leaves fall off, make sure you do a really good cleanup, and then okay. fertilize it um, in about mid-September, again, with a 15, 30, 15, mm-hmm. and then again um, early spring again, like with the 15, 30, 15, or get our deep root injection guys to come out and give it a shot. It's just it's sometimes they go through that health, and it is a hawthorn, and it uh, it looks like there's worms, but it's actually a bacteria that's in the leaf. Oh, okay. Yeah, it did look like a bug of some kind. All yeah. right. That's great advice. Thanks for your help. All right. Hopefully that helps. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. All right. And Matt is back. Good morning, Matt. Good morning. Hey, how can I help you? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I had this uh, big poplar tree in my backyard that we had removed. And yep. uh, they ground out the stump and some of the roots that were visible. But now I've got uh, all these suckers popping up everywhere. Yeah, and that that's the problem sometimes with when, you, when we remove any of the poplars. 
and because they're they're quite hard to till, kill, and they have a they have the the thrill to live, <laughs> and and how they naturally reproduce is they send suckers up from the root system. So right. when we remove the top, all that energy that's in the roots goes to send out suckers, and uh, so you can go you can go around with Roundup spray spray them all with Roundup. Yeah, I've tried that. Or, it ends up yeah. uh, it, it kills the grass. It doesn't really. I mean, they keep yeah. It yeah, it, it, it's a the only really the best way to do it, and it, I know it's a pain, but is a full root removal. Is just get a bobcat in there, and and dig all the roots out, and uh, sort of scrape the top six inches of the soil. All the roots will come out, and uh, and then go from there. You can use the and and that and and I guess I got to I'm going to talk to Mark a bit more on this. Our arborist. And uh, he runs the pruned up for us. And if we, if you're better off to kill the trunk before you grind it, like drill a bunch of holes, use the the trunk rot to go in there, and right. kill it that way. If if that's better, um, because I know you just have such a big ecosystem from the roots of the of those big poplars that it just sends up suckers like crazy. So, but it's really hard if you're going to try to grow anything or do anything in that area without removing the roots. So uh, I, I still always recommend people this, let's do the full root removal. I know it's, it's expensive because you have to get a machine in there, dig it all up, haul it all away, bring in the loam, lay it down and then either do flower beds or, or sod or whatever you want to do at that point. But yeah. it, it, it's a hard one because there's just there's so much of an infrastructure underneath the, those poplar trees. So, yeah, I tried removing some of the roots myself, and it's, uh, it's a lot of work. And it is as well. <laughs> yeah, actually, we're just looking at getting a new bucket for our bobcat. It's for removing roots, and it's uh, <laughs> does these big teeth on it for grabbing poplar roots and stuff. But it's it's really the only way to do it properly. Like you can. Because then if you leave it in there, or when it starts rotting, then you end up getting mushrooms all over the place. So it's a, it's kind of a never-ending battle when you're when you're dealing with those poplars. So, mm-hmm. And all I right. know I get lots of quotes. I get people, well, the other guy quoted this, and he says he's got all the roots. I said, well, he wouldn't get all the roots because it's, uh, <laughs> it's impossible. And there's really like, – there's one really best – the best solution. It's uh, – is really just ripping them out and, and just doing it that way. Well, we were planning on doing some landscaping anyway, so I guess that's probably the best option. Yeah, no, get your plan ahead of time, and uh, and you're gonna. It's better if you rip all that out and start fresh. That way, you get a clean slate, and uh, and uh, it's the time you're planning. I know Conrad, our landscape designer, he's he's starting on plans for next year already. So if you want to get in the queue, give the boys a shout. They'd be more than happy to help you out. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, that's a hard one. And I, and I know Mark goes up against that quite a bit when he does quotes and, and for the, for the grinding and to do it properly and things like that. It's, it's not an easy job removing those big poplars. So Anyways, it's uh, just be careful. Don't try and do it yourself on some of those for sure because they can be a little bit nasty. And I think I still have Barb on the line. I'm going to go to Barb before the break. Good morning, Barb. Hi. Hi, Mara. 
How can um, I help you? I, I'm growing zucchini, which I have for several years. This year, I'm having a problem with them. So far, I've only had three, and I have lots of little ones, um, about two and a half, three inches long, and the buds start drying up on them, and they, they just rot. And I was wondering... Does anybody um, else have the problem, or what? Are am I you getting doing? any powdery mildew on your on the leaves at all, or anything? No, I'm not. Nope. Okay. Um, the only thing I can think of is really in full sun. Yes, they are. Okay, so it sounds like you have everything going properly, and and the only other thing that if the, with the season that we're having is this inconsistent watering, is if making sure that they're getting proper water in around the root system because as they grow. They get the nice big leaves and mm-hmm. all that. But when they go to start producing the fruit and the zucchinis and stuff like that, the big veggies, they need a lot more moisture mm-hmm. and they become heavy feeders at that point. So well, I watered them from the bottom. Like yeah, I, which I is good. I water and I use a, oh, just a pot with a handle and I watered them uh, on the ground instead of on the leaves. Yeah. And when we had Sounds rain, like you're doing everything right. Leaves. Yeah. I, I'm not too sure, like, um, if they're just shriveling up, that's, it's mm-hmm. typically just, like, inconsistent lack of water is the main part that I that I would say. Mm-hmm. So okay. you might just need to do, like, get one of those soaker hoses, the one that sweat, and right. just lay it underneath your zucchinis, mm-hmm. and then just let that go for, for a while just to get the, good, get the ground nice and wet. Because mm-hmm. it's been such a dry year, it's been really hard on a lot of that stuff. Right. Well, I tried to water them every evening, uh, pull the leaves back and water the ground around them. Yeah. And, yeah. But the, the, I've never had them grow as tall as they did this year. Yeah, and that's because the sun. And right. Did you fertilize with something different? Like, or did no, you just I didn't. like. Yeah. So no. they just went, they were going for lots of sun. So this, again, I'd probably add, like I said, I'd try to fertilize with the 15, 30, 15, and mm-hmm. try getting one of those soaker hoses and lay it underneath the zucchinis and then that way you can just turn on the hose it'll just okay. it'll just get the soil that nice and wet okay all right okay enjoy thank your you. program thank you so much bye-bye okay bye bye-bye all right and i probably should take a break if you'd like to join me after the break phone lines are open 403-974-8255 you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Got a quick text here from John. Mushrooms on my front lawn, 20-ish, and since the recent rain. And that's typically what happens. The spores get spread either from a lawnmower or from a neighbor or something. And then they sit there. And then once we get a good rain, it activates those spores. And then a lot of times it'll cause either fire blight in trees, mushrooms in your lawn, things like that. I just recommend go through and just pick all the mushrooms. Don't mow over them as that will just spread more spores and create more of that for you. So just pick them out, John, and then you should be totally fine. And then just dispose of them for sure. And I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to go to Sharon. Good morning, Sharon. Good morning, Merle. Uh, enjoy your program. I sent you a text. I live in southeast Alberta. Uh, okay. And uh, I have a green ash and a white ash, and I'm not sure which one that one is. But it uh, lost all its leaves really early last year, 
and then it uh, hasn't performed well this year, so I wondered what I can do for it. Okay, I'm looking for your picture, and... Three of them. Um, okay, what was your last three digits of your phone number, or last two digits? Uh, 8327. So 27, okay. And I'm just... 3-7, uh, oh, I see. No 2-7s, no 2-7s. Um, unfortunately, I don't see it for some reason. And uh, so, so it's either a, you figure it's a white ash or a green ash, and what's it doing? Uh, well, it's got uh, the the leaves don't seem to be full and green and healthy looking. They look a little little dried up, but doesn't have any bugs on it. And it, it, a lot of it is this year is this the lack of water? And so, what I'd probably recommend is if you haven't done much watering. Your leaves and that aren't going to be that big, so they they will need definitely uh, added water for these this type of year like this. Just that slow deep watering, especially a lot of the ash trees because they they are fairly heavy in the foliage. So, okay, well it was last year and this year. You know, it just lost its leaves last yeah. year thing, and then it had uh, really dark. Um, marks around the branches where the branches join. I don't know if that's... Yeah, and that's normal. That's in the ash trees. That's sort of just like the old bark. I call those like wrinkles on a tree. So they kind of, as the bark and as the tree gets older, it, they get things like that. So that's that's normal. I would just say, honestly, Sharon, is I would just give it more water, do that slow, deep watering, and, and especially going into fall and then early next spring, and then you'll be fine. Okay. All right. All right. Thank well, you so much. Bye-bye. So Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to do the last caller. We got Joseph. We'll squeeze him in. Good morning, Joseph. Uh, good morning. Great show, as usual. Thank you. Um, we have uh, Saskatoon, Saskatoon's in the garden, and I send you a text message with a picture of leaves. They have okay. yellow spots on top. Yeah. And on, on the bottom, they grow hair out of it. Yeah, it's spot. like a canker. It's a fungus on those, on the Saskatoons. Okay. Yeah, I just actually I just pulled that picture up. I was just looking at it, and really, well, you can treat it with copper spray, but it's really important to do a really good fall cleanup on it. Okay, and you might have. um, So that's what I would do on some of these where it's really bad. I would just pull them off like you've done there, and just dispose of them, and. and just try that. You can use a copper spray on them early spring. And okay. so next spring when it comes up, you can spray a copper spray on there. And okay. just when they just when they finish leafing out on a cool morning, spray them with the copper spray. That will definitely help. But really important to do a good fall cleanup this year. All right. Perfect. All righty. One more question. Uh, crocuses, time to plant yeah. them right now? Yeah. When there are fall bulbs come in here, you should be able to plant those for sure. Okay, thank you very much. Have a nice day. All right, day. thanks, Joseph. Take care, bye. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks again, everybody, for uh, calling in and listening and uh, being patient through it. We had a couple of connection issues, and uh, but we'll be back next week. We'll be getting our garden on right here on 770 CHQR.